the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Leader, 1220 KDOW. Good day. Happy 9-11 to you. Am I allowed to say happy 9-11? Has enough time passed? Or will it always be the day of somber reflection? You tell me. I feel like I, I don't know, I don't want to be that firecracker and I don't want to anger people. I lived on the East Coast. I lived within a mile of the Pentagon when it got rocked by a plane. I was clearly able to say something just happened in the Pentagon or the White House. Pretty close as well. Um, I was on air for six hours that day. Am I allowed to say happy 9-11 yet? It's interesting because we're going to have a guest on later today that the publicist for the guest was like, are you doing a normal show on Wednesday? I'm like, I think so. What is it? Is it Yom Kippur? That's Friday. So, Anthony Weiner, he ended his campaign by giving the finger to the press. I don't know if that's the greatest story ever, or it just shows a lack of dignity and tact and class in America. He gave his concession speech, he sprinted away, and he gave the finger. I think dignity is critically important. I had a grandmother in my family pass away last year. To grandchildren, she was a great grandchildren, grandmother. She lived a life of dignity. She, you know, met with a pastor every week, and some people in the family were afraid that she might give all her money away to the church. Whether that's a positive thing or a negative thing probably depends on you. But she lived a life of dignity. So when I see Wiener's gesture, it's kind of tragically pathetic. And it sums up America at times. And yet I have faith in America. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Apple getting smoked a day after their big iPhone announcement. Basically, what people want to see is... Not an evolution, but a revolution. And we very, very much so got an evolution. We'd like to see something wildly new in China, something wildly new with TV, something wildly new with the phone. We may get that today, because there's a big announcement still going on in Asia today. We may get that um, in October, Last year they did two events, one in September, one in October. The October event was primarily aimed at the iPad Mini. So Apple down roughly 4% today. 
can't say that I'm freaked out. I still look at it as a stock that's cheap. But what they did yesterday was very, very much so. You know, my dad would have gone, ooh, look at the colors. And I go, ooh, where's the innovation? Essentially, everyone expects the iPhone 5C to be less expensive. It's going to cost $549 in the United States. So they're going to make a plastic phone for $549. It's a high-end phone that's a little bit cheaper than their high-end phone. Yesterday's announcements were merely a slight modification on a phone release game plan that Apple's been executing on for years. That's not going to rock my socks. I said, rock your socks. So they make the iPhone 5 $99 after carrier subsidy. Apple went with the iPhone 5C. The upshot with the 5C is that the plastic case makes it cheaper and easier to make. And that should boost margins aggressively. And it also should stop you from dropping your phone and it breaking. It's a little bit more flexible. So on occasion, like I see people with iPhones that they always have cracked glass. And I'm like, what's up with that? So no deal with China Mobile. Announcement's expected. Now it's going to come in November. Are you kidding me? We've got to continue to wait. 80% of China Mobile's customers are prepaid, which means they don't get a subsidy on their phone purchase. Of that 80% of prepaid buyers, you know, who are going to be looking for their first iPhone or their first phone in the next five years? But by pricing the iPhone 5C at $700 plus in China, they're giving up a huge chunk of the market. We have device fatigue, and that's certainly an issue where my phone's pretty good. You know, when I wake up, my phone tells me how long it's going to take me to get to work. I like that. Do I need more than that? I, you would have to wow me. So we got no wow from Apple yesterday. With that said, it's not the end of the world. Q-R-E-M. It's the end of the world as we know it. Hey, that's not R-E-M, that's... You, Rob, singing R.E.M. Awful, I know. Relief rally that has forged Wall Street recently. It could run out of a little steam soon. September's supposed to be a horrible month. It's been a great month so far. We have a lot of drama coming up next week through October. So that's something Wall Street kind of has to digest. So the SP 500, down three. In large part because of Apple. Boo! Down 24 bucks. 24 bucks! Down 5%, 470. Again, they're setting themselves up for good margins, which is something Wall Street digs. They've got some cuter looking product. They've got a crazy faster phone on the high end. It's going to be available a little bit earlier than their last one, which will help this quarter. So you're going to see a good quarter come out of Apple. But with that said, it's now your father's stock. The Dow's up 41, the NASDAQ down 18, the 10-year treasury sits at 2.93%, gold down 3 1360 an ounce oil at $107 a barrel. Netflix a little bit lower today. 
starting to hear some weird news on Netflix. Like a cable company is going to put in the UK the Netflix app on their set-top box. Okay. I buy into that. I'm with that. Like, I get it. So, cable companies need to look at Netflix as a partner. They do not need to look at its competition, because if they look at its competition, it becomes contentious. People who use Netflix now are under the age of 30 as an alternative to cable. Children love it for the door they explore unlimited. So, future cable customers need to see it as an app. You and me, we came home from school, and we planted our butts on the couch, and we watched TV. I watched Star Blazers. It was my TV go-to choice. Kids today come home, and they turn on their devices. Cable needs to look at Netflix as a partner, not as a competitor. You're listening to Rob Black, and I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Going to be in Los Gatos Thursday night at the Toll House Hotel, talking money, investing, and much, much more. You can sign up for the event on retirement planning at robblack.com. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. It's a big rig on the lower deck of the Bay Bridge. This Bay Area update is brought to you by Garmin. It's the Treasure Island off-ramp that's blocked on the lower deck because of the big rig that got stuck making that turn. The left lane there is starting to back up, and they're going to have to close that left lane. Dow Industrials up 41 points to 15,232, a gain of 0.3%. NASDAQ down 0.5%. That's our Bloomberg Market Minute. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Oh, my. Talking about relevance in the world. Kristen Stewart charged the Middle Eastern Prince $500,000 for 15 minutes of her time. I know you're saying, what? How is that possible? Kristen Stewart, isn't she that chick from Twilight who's kind of pale and pasty? $500,000 for her time. What's even more interesting, that money went to Hurricane Sandy. Charitable causes. So suddenly feel better about it. Now, with that said, um, Jimmy Page... Robert Plant, also known as Z-Rock Band, Led Zeppelin, were asked to do a benefit for Hurricane Sandy. And, you know, Robert Plant said, okay, if Paige will do it. Paige, his attorney said, I won't do it. He said it through his attorney. So concert promoters asked Hillary Clinton, hey, can you step in and see if Led Zeppelin could somehow 
be diplomatic and get together and you can get the credit for it. And she goes, not me, maybe my husband. So Bill Clinton asked Jimmy, Jimmy Page, and Jimmy Page said no. What some people will or will not do for charity and will or will not do for whatever, interesting. But Kristen Stewart, $500,000 for sitting with a prince in Saudi Arabia for 15 minutes. SP 500 down three, the Dow's up 41, the NASDAQ down 18. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton talking things besides portfolios, i.e. things besides wealth that you need to start thinking about for retirement. We have a retirement wealth preservation seminar coming up soon. You can find out more at robblack.com. What do things need to be thinking about other than their cash money? Transitioning into retirement is a big life-changing event, so you have to update a lot of things. Um, The first thing is make sure you update your estate plan, and especially in a state like California where probate is extremely expensive, Right. If you have property outside of, if if you have real estate and more than thirty thousand dollars of assets, especially outside of you know an IRA, you need a trust. Okay. You really do. It's going to save the, what you spend on a trust. You'll save your heirs triple that in probate fees. So you need a, a trust. But along with that comes two other very important documents: it's a power of attorney. So if something happens to you, your spouse can step in and handle your affairs or a loved one, and a healthcare director. Okay. Well, wait. It's not to power of attorney. Who should Get my power of attorney. Your wife, spouse. Spouse? Yeah. Okay. But keep in mind, I, I want a new wife every five years, mm-hmm. especially in retirement. It's called the trade-up policy. <laughs> Do I give it to... Let's see if you can still maintain that trade-up policy and <laughs> when you're 65. Dude, I plan to be like the guy who... Uh, I don't even want to get there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that part out. No, 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 no. Um, so, okay, so... Let's say you do get divorced and you have some power of attorney. How do you can you undo a power of attorney? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. as soon as you do a new one, part of it, the document is you're you're rescinding all the other power of attorneys. Okay, what's a durable power of attorney? A durable power of attorney. If it's not a durable power of attorney, a lot of financial institutions ignore it or say that it's not strong enough. So you can think of a durable power of attorney in layman's terms as a much stronger, longer-lasting document. But you still run into situations where certain financial institutions still want their own document signed. Right. So even though you have one, you still might want to check with your financial institution to make sure that the one that you have is actually good enough and and, uh, their legal department will also honor it. So Anna Nicole Smith, she married like a 90-year-old oil baron who was going to leave his money to his children. She started feeding them bacon sandwiches, which I'll be honest with you, it's pretty tasty. I don't know if you've ever had a bacon sandwich. Put a little strip of bacon on top, even better. Yeah. Um, so that whole estate plan got challenged in court for years. You know, was he of sound mind? Did she use him? Uh, you don't see that very often. These documents are pretty hardcore. Bull- I see, I see a story like that at least once a year. Okay. Even just of, of people that I talk to or you know, new clients that I meet, the stories that they tell. Um and that's one of the topics. Is one of the things that you have to do to get ready for retirement is get healthy. You know, <laughs> people that aren't healthy a lot of times are taken advantage of. You know, if somebody can see that you're wealthy but not very healthy, right? They'll be knocking at your door. Interesting. And so get healthy because not only that, but you will spend less on healthcare costs. So one of the things that you should focus on as part of your life-changing event, which is going into retirement, is getting healthy. Because in order to enjoy retirement, you need to be healthy. In order to do the things that you never wanted to do, or you never had the time to do, you need to be healthy. Like fly fishing. 
<laughs> or traveling, whatever, hiking, um, having hobbies and charitable intent is also, you know, things that you volunteer for. The happiest people I see are the ones that have a lot of hobbies, whether it be golf or quilting for that matter, <laughs> some of those weird things. Quilting's not a hobby. It, 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 you'll be surprised, Rob. Um, you think I'll ever make a quilt? Go to Sisters Oregon during the Quilt Fest. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, charitable intents, also volunteer. You and I got to go stroll for chicks at a quilt fest. That's right. That would be a sight. Fancy motorhomes and odd eyeglasses. Motorhomes, there's a retirement expense. Yeah, very expensive. Very expensive. Rent, don't buy, unless you're going to use it 365. Yeah. yeah. Retirement is the biggest life-changing year of that. It's bigger than a divorce. It's bigger than becoming an empty nester. You go from funding a nest egg and having a paycheck and having something to do and a requirement every day to something completely different. And a lot of times it requires counseling to make that transition and, and a lot of long-term counseling? preparation. Yeah. I've, <clears throat> I've got a client right now, Rob, that went from running a large construction company. Right. Uh, you know, $300,000 a year. Right. Uh, everybody was always knocking on his door every, every day, um, you know, 14 hours a day until he was 62 years old. And he's gone through this phase of depression because he can't spend the money that he created. Right. Um, more than well prepared for retirement, and he just doesn't know what to do every day when he wakes up. Yeah. He doesn't. He didn't create those hobbies over his lifetime because he worked so hard, and so he's going through a, a very depressive state right that now. That sounds like me in 20 years. <laughs> it could be. I have uh, no hobbies. Would, I have no friends. Who would you talk to? My only my only hobbies are unhealthy. <laughs> and wind me up in jail, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of jail, what, the other things you got to help and prepare for is speaking of jail, <laughs> me like is helping nice kids, transition. helping your kids out. A lot of people have to be ready to help kids and grandkids because the job market's tougher for younger people now yeah. than it was ten years ago. Uh, and be ready to be busier than ever. A lot of people once they retire, they say, "I don't know how I had time to work. I'm so busy now." So just be ready to say to enjoy what you saved and don't don't become a miser. One of my uncles actually goes to prisons and talks to prisoners uh, in retirement. Kind of interesting. With that said, that's CFP Chad Burton. CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And he and I will be doing a big event Thursday evening in Los Gatos at the Los Hotel. You can sign up for the event. It's retirement boot camp at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Thursday night, Los Gatos, Tillhouse Hotel. Take a break here. I'll be right back. financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Here's a big oops. A restaurant, not a restaurant, but a golf course. It's death threats. 
after a very tacky 9-11 promotion. Wisconsin golf course tumbled down trails. They've been forced through social media shaming to apologize for a completely tone-deaf newspaper ad. The ad read, to to commemorate the 12th anniversary of 9-11, nine holes with cart for only $9.11 per person, or 18 holes with cart for only $19.11. This offer good only on 9-11-2013. Like us on Facebook. Wow. Someone needs to get fired of that one, right? Yeah, I don't I don't have a big scandalous speech. I don't have a big monologue. I was involved. I had a client pass away on 9/11. I think we all know someone who somehow shape form was in the building, left the building. The six degrees of separation are tiny when you hear stories about 9/11. I'd rather say things like U.S. men's soccer team, congratulations. I'd rather focus on what I can focus on versus letting others do what they do very, very, very well. So USA beats Mexico 2 nothing, qualifies for the 2014 World Cup. Congratulations. Not sure if you watched it, but Landon Donovan had some sort of messed up eye disease last night. He's got an infection in his right eye that's grotesque. So just go Google Landon Donovan eyeball infection. The United States now has beaten Mexico 2-0 qualifying four straight World Cup cycles. They won 2-0 in the knockout stage of the 2002 World Cup, perhaps the biggest game the two teams have ever played. Yes, guaranteed a place in Brazil after Honduras tied Panama 1-1. Snooze fest in the first half. Second half, a little bit more exciting. With that said, I'm just going to say congratulations. Um, I don't know how to say this guy's name. Nadangama Sue. It's close. He got the biggest fine in the history of the NFL, $100,000 for an illegal hit against the Minnesota Viking. It's the largest fine for an on-field incident in the NFL history. Um, that's a lot of money. And that just tells you that the sport is just, it's crazy weird. Now, you want to hear crazy weird? And you're going to say... Yay, I like my Oakland A's. Oakland A's look like they're prepared to make a good run in the playoffs this year. Yankees. They're going to have to pay a luxury tax of $29 million this year. And that's why they so tragically want to suspend Alex Rodriguez the whole 2014 season. Luxury tax bill is based on the Yankees' $236 million payroll. $236 million payroll. That's insane. Do you know what that is? That's $236 million. Go write that down. That's their labor cost on the professional team that makes the field. Not their labor cost in the stadium. Not their labor cost in media. Not their labor cost 
in scouting. Yankees have been over the threshold repeatedly, and you pay a 50% tax rate on every dollar over the $178 million. The Yankees will have to continue to pay that crazy tax payroll issue. Basically, for a good long while, Dodgers only have a $234 million payroll. Only $234 million. At least they're winning their division, right? Yankees $236 million payroll. Um, they, there's some sort of weird wonky thing where if you were over the tax last year, you pay more this year. Like, there's something that I... It's impossible for media to explain. I'm just going to say if I told you, your brain would ex- explode. And we wouldn't want that, would we? Anything you want to talk about? We can talk about um, money investing and more. Best things you could do to set yourself up for retirement is, is know who you are as an investor. Um, and what do I mean by that? Are you in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s? I will loosely define it. Are you a boomer, an X, or millennial? And you need to kind of start going from there. You need to start focusing on how much you need for retirement. And then you need to start budgeting for savings for retirement. The budgeting is probably the most easy thing to do. I've got an account with Minton.com. I've got an account with other companies as well, but in particular, what they do is they help me easily on a computer login level or an app level to get into my media and see where my spending is. AMC. We all know them for being a publicly traded company. AMC owns uh, Twilight. AMC owns the Jennifer Hudson, not Jennifer Hudson, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Honey, honey uh, something games, Hunger Games. But they're also Breaking Bad, they're Mad Men, they're Low Winter Sun, they're the Zombie Show, which I refer to as simply the Zombie Show. And we all know which one I'm talking about. So Breaking Bad, AMC's big hit show, one of their big hit shows, got split into two seasons in their final season. Two halves. I don't know. Why was the final season split into two, a lot of people ask. Rather than as different parts of the same season... You know, splitting it in two final 16 episodes, two separate seasons. Some people on iTunes purchased what's called a season pass. Season pass, you expect to get all 16 episodes of the final season. But Apple said, we're going to separate the season into two, so you need two season passes. Some people look at that as fraud. Some people feel defrauded. When a consumer buys a ticket to a football game, he does not expect to leave at halftime. When a consumer buys an opera ticket, 
they don't get kicked out at intermission, although there's a couple operas that I've been to that I wish I left at intermission, right? So there's actually a lawsuit on what Apple promised or didn't promise. I think there's too many lawsuits. Um, I don't know. Breaking Bad, Mad Men, AMC. What they do to prolong the lives of series is intriguing. By giving themselves an extra nine months, ultimately, by dragging out the first half of the final season with the second half, it gave them time to develop more shows to get you hooked on or get you watching, including Low Winter Sun. And there's going to probably be a spinoff from Breaking Bad that's expected, tied towards the lawyer Saul. I hope you get that media is a product. You know, we could talk about Intel in the same exact way and how Intel is all about tinier chips and if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, oh, what a party we'd have. If Apple had bought Netflix a year and a half ago at $80 a share before they made a run to $300, you'd be like, I get Apple selling product that we want to watch like Breaking Bad for the iPad. Intel's co-founder, Gordon Moore, in 1965, he authored a paper that kind of was trying to clue people to the coming era of a technological wonder, the semiconductor, cheap transistors. You know, it's such a a prescient view of the future, you almost felt like he must have had a crystal ball. And then you see what Intel's done now, and they probably should have bought ARM Holdings, a lot like Netflix should have been acquired by Apple. Because you see the two just so hand-in-hand at this point. Intel wants to be a digital heartbeat of products. Intel now is trying to champion that idea. And yet, historically, we feel like those cheaper transistors really helped Intel through the 70s. But are they well-suited or ill-suited for running inside tiny devices going forward? There's so much competition up there. Big event coming up Thursday evening. Rob Black, your money. Big event in Los Gatos, Toll House Hotel. It's Retirement Planning Seminar with CFP Chad Burton. Sign up at robblack.com or newfocusfinancial.com. AM 1220 KDOW Timer of Chapman Bloomberg Radio. A rate increase could help their result. Welcome in to the new age. There's a website out there called Business Insider. But they just had to fire their CTO because of the new age. Basically, their chief technology officer tweeted sexist, racist, and homophobic tweets. Of which I can't even come close to repeating on the air because it would be problematic. 
But that's the new age that we live in. It's intriguing, to say the least. Be cautious on what you post. Please? Please? Apple stock falls, new iPhones, a yawn in China. That sucks to be Apple today. Stock's down 5%, which is like 20 plus bucks. So much of the expectation for Apple's events was tied towards a cheaper phone that would give the consumer in China exposure, entry into the Apple ecosystem. It seems strange that the 32G 5C model is the exact same price as the 16G 5S model. Those prices are at the high end. You know, $735 for a 5C, $867 for a 5S. Wall Street's digesting this. Analysts are going back and going, you know, we want them to generate billions of dollars, but to be quite honestly, this price point seems a little high. Now, that's going to help their margins because they're not going to be giving away the phone for free. Apple generates billions of dollars in China, and its businesses around the world are the envy of corporations. Watching them do missteps or watching them try to set a market feels a little bit awkward with this defining moment of a cheap phone that's really not all that cheap. Verizon today announced that they're going to sell $50 billion of bonds to pay for Vodafone. Tis the biggest bond deal in history. $50 billion in new debt, massive bond sale. Verizon owns 55% of Verizon Wireless. They agreed to buy the 45% that Vodafone currently holds. What's interesting to note about that is, had they done it three months ago, they would have got a much cheaper rate. Waiting cost them pretty enormously. Verizon's going to issue 10-year fixed rate notes. They're going to yield about 5.22%. That's a lot better than 10-year treasury. And you as an investor, do you want to get 5.22%? You can go buy the corporate Verizon bonds. There's going to be different types of bonds, and this is where it sucks to do radio. Um, I, I think the correct word is a tranche. A tranche. Um, so you're going to get you know, 18 billion to 20 billion of 20-year fixed or 30-year bonds, but you can get a 10-year Verizon bond for 5.22 percent, or you can get a 10-year Treasury at just under 3 percent. Is Verizon as good as the 10-year Treasury? U.S. government secured? No, not as far as creditworthiness goes. But do you think Verizon's going to be in business in 10 years? Because if you do, Let's say a worst-case scenario hits, and they have to go bankrupt. Their CEO basically starts tweeting sexist, racist, homophobic things. Or their CEO gets on a bell tower and starts shooting people. Worst-case scenario hits. The bondholders get 
theirs before the common stockholders do. Now, there's something called preferred stock, which most people never, ever talk about. But a preferred stock is part stock, part bond. That's the easiest way of digesting it. So 5.22% for a 10-year Verizon note. I'm in. That's a pretty good rate for income. Is it a good rate for all of your income now? Because let's say something does terrible happen to it. Then your income is affected by something terrible that you couldn't control. You with me against me? You have to pick a side. This is a civil war. Divorce. Love and marriage. Love and marriage. Goes gather like a horse and carriage. Best Buy CEO dumps a large stake in the company to pay for his divorce. Oh, men, 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 men. Men with power. He's selling 450,000 shares. His name is Hubert Jolie. I know you're saying Uber. Does that mean he's French? Yeah, he was born in France with a name like Uber. Um, he's worked for Radisson. He's worked for TGIF Fridays. He's turned around Best Buy. Go take a look at that stock this year, and you're like, woohoo! So he's a rock and roll star. Now I don't know anything about his marriage. I might want to meet his wife because he just sold 16.7 million dollars of Best Buy shares to pay for the divorce. Companies struggled, obviously. Best Buy has, you know, competitors like Amazon. Richard Schultz failed to buy the company and take them private. But so far this year, shares of Best Buy are up triple. Uber Jolie cut cost, the improved earnings. They're not the best performer in the SP 500, but one of the best. Big event coming up Thursday night, Toll House Hotel, Las Gatos, California. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Sign up for the event Thursday night, 639. It's one of my last three events of the year. It's a retirement workshop boot camp with CFP Chad Burton. You can go to newfocusfinancial.com or robblack.com. Whether it's a serious fall, fire danger, or other type of home emergency, Life Alert is there for you. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Going to be doing a big event Thursday evening with CFP Chad Burton, New Focus Financial, myself, at Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos, California. Los Gatos, the cats. Who named their city the cats? Stop and think. What would you name a city if you could name a city? Robertville? Uh, no. <laughs> it doesn't have a good ring. Like, okay, so Los Gatos kind of works. San Francisco. I don't remember the joke, but there was a joke from my childhood that the punchline was Sam Clams Disco. It was some sort of play on San Francisco. Anyhow, anyway, uh, come meet me Thursday and talk retirement workshop boot camp issues. If you're on the path to retirement or in retirement, this is for you. And we all should be on the path to retirement. And you should all go to one of these events once in your lifetime so you can learn as much hardcore as you can. Get your car 
calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about Obamacare. We can talk about it in plain English. A look at the benefits for seniors and downsides. Um, it's a massive overhaul of the U.S. healthcare system. Enrollment begins next month. It's like 19 days. Plans from Health Insurance Exchange set to become active January 1, 2014. Signed into law in 2010. The stated point of the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. And I don't know if that's rude for me to say. It feels like I'm insulting the president, but I'm not trying to. The Affordable Care Act doesn't replace Medicare. It doesn't replace Medicaid. It doesn't replace private insurance. For those on Medicaid, coverage will largely stay the same. There will be no out-of-pocket cost for preventive care. That includes screenings for cancer, diabetes, high cholesterol, annual wellness check, vaccines for the flu and pneumonia. This is for seniors, my elderly audience, who, when I'm doing a segment for the seniors, I should talk a little bit slower. The Affordable Care Act is also attempting to close the donut hole on Medicare Part D, because the deductible and below top threshold prescription drugs cost out of pocket. One of the goals of the Affordable Care Act is to slow the rise in Medicare premiums and keep the program solvent. Now, the negative impact on Medicare Advantage plans is out there as well. This isn't easily digestible. A lot of reporters say that, Mr. President, these are all good ideas. That's right. Uh, phasing out denial of insurance based on pre-existing condition in 2017. That's a huge benefit for anyone with a pre-existing condition. And some of us are born that way. I was born with a weird way of thinking. I'm not very linear in my thoughts. I'm very circular. Um, Part of the Affordable Care Act, lifetime benefits limits have been removed for all health plans. Children can continue coverage on their parents' plans until they turn 26, which is kind of weird. It used to be 19. Now, again, my opinion on this doesn't mean that I'm right or wrong. It's just my opinion. But when your kid's living with you until the age of 30, you did something wrong or he did something wrong or the system did something wrong. It prevents insurance companies from writing a specific coverage, one that would be more expensive for people with pre-existing conditions. Those under 400% of the federal poverty threshold, those under 400% of the federal poverty threshold will get assistance. For a family of four, that's $92,000 a year. I know you're saying, are you kidding me? $92,000 a year of income for a family of four is considered federal poverty? Uh Uh-huh. The wealthy are going to pay higher taxes. There's going to be a 3.8% surtax on investment income tied towards capital gains, home sales, and dividends. If you as a couple make over $250,000, there'll be an extra nine-tenths of percent in Medicare taxes from 1.4% all the way up to 2.35%. That's going to start in 2013. 
on adjusted income over the above threshold. So it's going to change the way money flows, kind of. For business owners, it's important to know that the Affordable Care Act requires employers to provide health insurance for employees, but that doesn't apply to businesses with less than 50 employees. Long story short, next year is going to be a very interesting year on, I'm not going to say budgets, but business dollar flows are going to change a little bit. Whether it be hiring, whether it be overtime, whether it be employees over 90, employers with over 90 employees, or under 90, it's going to be fun. I don't know. Maybe you're not with me on that one. Maybe it's not going to be fun. Life's no fun. Hey, ESPN, speaking of fun, scored their biggest, highest-rated Monday Night Football opener ever. Philadelphia Eagles beat the Washington Redskins, the Houston Texas. They prevailed over the San Diego Chargers. That gave the network ESPN a strong start in its ratings for the season. Their ratings are what they charge advertising off of. The Eagles-Redskins games drew an average of 16.5 million viewers. That's pretty impressive. The Eagles' victory had more than 20.9 million viewers at its peak. Not so much for the West Coast game. So, But for television, it was the number one and number two telecasts of the night. It's interesting to watch ESPN, which is owned by Disney, which has a big play in the cable industry. How can they hold on to their live sports? And I told you in the first hour that one of the things that we're seeing happen is in the UK, in Britain, uh, land of average food. Can you believe that five, six years ago I said that London and I had the most dullest food that I've ever eaten? And someone emailed me like this just crazy diatribe, just manifesto about how great London food is. Just let me have that stereotype, please. You have bad teeth, frumpy women, and bad food in London. I don't even know where that story's going at this point in time. I should probably just drop right there. Um, Where is the beef? Clara Peller. Wendy's ad campaign. Stocks are basically little changed today. I know you're saying, really? Is that why you're going on about English food? And Andy Murray and janky teeth? SP 500's down one. It's down one-tenth of one percent. There's my opening bell. The Dow's up 60. NASDAQ down 14. Little Phil Phillips, which is weird. My last name was Roberts. You certainly wouldn't want your parents naming me Robin Robert. Oh, someone actually has that name. To find me online, it's robblack.com. Big event coming up in Los Gatos Thursday night. It's a retirement event, boot camp, Toll House Hotel, 639 Thursday. Sign up at robblack.com. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Accident being reported in Sunnyvale. And that's our Bloomberg Market Minute.
listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Roberto Negra, Doleros, talking all things financial. Tesla. And I hate to be this guy, but that's a damn good looking car. I'm not that guy. Like, literally, I, I drove a car with a bumper hanging off for years. Like, not hanging off, but, you know, someone rear ended me in California who. Probably didn't have insurance, and I probably wasn't going to spend a thousand dollars to get it fixed. So Tesla wants to conquer their core European markets by building a comprehensive network of charging stations for electric car use by the end of 2014. Intriguing. The so-called supercharged system is supposed to help sales of its new luxury sedan, Tesla Model S, with 20 minutes of charging, enough to last for 300 kilometers. Tesla. Intriguing. Um, in Norway, the company has the strongest presence. Ninety percent of the population live within 300 kilometers of a charging station. A lot of car companies chasing very few car purchasers. All things considered, that's going to be a problem. The whole auto industry runs into 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about Hello Kitty beers. They have half the alcohol of a Budweiser. I know, and they're selling well in Asia. SP Highlighter down one, Dow down up 60, NASDAQ down 14. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton with NewFocusFinancial.com or at NewFocusFinancial.com. He's with New Focus Financial. We've got seminars coming up Wealth Preservation, Retirement Planning. You can learn more about them at robblack.com. So let's talk retirement products. These are topics that might come up at the seminar coming up. What retirement products, and that's a funny way of looking at it. The financial business is all about products. Yeah, well, one of the newest ones that I'll start with that one first because people aren't hearing about it too much is longevity insurance. Longevity insurance. So longevity insurance is an insurance policy that you can buy that if you live past you typically 85, it'll kick in and pay a, a pretty decent benefit. And the payoffs are fairly decent in terms of a if you would invest in yeah. something different than have a lump sum at that age. Um, and then it pays you as long as you live. There's also products out there, Rob, that you when, can when now... Do you, when do you buy that? You buy it at retirement ages, like when you retire, okay. 65 plus typically. So you pay it um, for 20 years, and then you hope that you hope that you're still alive. And then if you live and you're healthy at 85, you could live another 15, 20, 25 years. This is the two sisters now that have lived to like 120. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're making two oldest living siblings ever. Uh, um, so in their situation, they would have been very well paid off on a, on some sort of a product. I've never met anybody that's bought it yet, nor have I recommended it. Okay. But there's um, some there's a lot of variable annuities out there that say no matter what you invest in, whatever you invest, they'll pay you five to six percent for the rest of your life. It's not a principal guarantee. Yeah. It's an income for life guarantee, and it's good to have about twenty to thirty percent of your retirement needs coming from guaranteed lifetime income, whether it's Social Security, pension, or you do it your own. If you do it your own and you use one of these variable annuities that offer that lifetime income guarantee, make sure it's no load, very low fees, really good investment choices. Because a lot of the way that those charges for for commission-based brokers is that it eats into your principal so much, what you end up leaving your spouse or your heirs is very, very small. 
Okay, so it benefits you while you're alive, but what if you die? The money's going to go to your spouse or your heir, so it costs you too much. But there's also products out there now being sold on balanced portfolios where you can buy insurance. So you can set up a balanced portfolio and buy insurance for like 1%, 1.5% a year of extra fees that says this balanced portfolio will provide me income for the rest of my life. So that's kind of the latest trending product out there in retirement. Are these products going to stick around? Because that's one thing that I worry about with insurance products like um – a lot of businesses are getting out of the annuity business because they didn't think people were going to live that long and they didn't plan for it successfully. And they're getting out of the reverse mortgage business. Right. Banks, another bank just left recently. Um, another company is drastically changing. One of the There's really only four or five really good, decent long-term care providers out there, long-term care insurance right. providers. And one is uh, getting rid of the spousal 40% discount. It's usually a lot cheaper for spouses to buy. That's going away. Lifetime benefits are going away. Premiums are increasing. Um, those, those types of things are becoming more expensive as people live a lot longer. So it's really becoming more and more important to make sure you don't retire too early and build up a nest egg that's more than you think you're going to need. It's kind of a crazy concept. Um, you know, in, under age 60, you think of let's keep our insurance practical. You know, let's you know, not pay the insurance guy too much. But you're telling me that you could buy longevity insurance and you could basically place a bet on whether you're going to live past 85 and start dwindling your assets down. It's crazy, the products that's out there. Yeah, I mean, if you kind of think about it in general, if you've got, you know, let's say 30% of your portfolio, you buy that type of insurance on. Right. Where you're paying an extra 1%, 1.5% in annual fees just to have that peace of mind in the background. And a lot of times I'll run into two people and, you know, married couple, one's more aggressive, one's very conservative. And the conservative person, a lot of times it's that lifetime guarantees and making sure that they're protected if one of them goes into a nursing home. It's really important for them to be able to do those things before they retire. So you got to, you know, there's some give and take in, in spouses when they retire and setting up portfolio and buying, uh, you know, types of retirement products that are out there. Another one that I think that'll start to pick up traction. Um, uh, now it's a little tough with yields so low in bonds because they're kind of price based on treasuries. But there's things called structured note CDs where right. you can buy CDs that are three to ten years long, and instead of having an annual interest rate, your 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 return isn't calculated until the end of maturity. And it's based on the movement of different indexes like the S&P 500 um, or some international indexes where you'll get, as long as you keep the CD for three to ten years depending on the length you buy, it's FDIC insured, and you'll get, say, 45% of the upside of those indexes but no downside risk. So if CDs are paying you know, less than a half percent, and you could get 40% of an upside of an index over that period of time, a lot of people will start looking at those as well. You've got to be careful on fees on all these products, whether it's structured notes, variable annuities, uh, fixed annuities, bonds, reverse mortgages, longevity insurance. None of these things are free. Right. That's why you work with a person that is certified financial planner, but they have to be able to say they're a fiduciary and they, they're fee-based. They're not commission-based. Come meet Chad Burton at a Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning event soon. Find out more about that at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. You can find Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Welcome back to the show, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Jumbo mortgage rates have fallen below 30-year conforming rates, which is just shockingly odd. And yet next year, it's going to be very, very difficult to get a mortgage. I know, if you're thinking about buying a home, consider buying it today. That's tough advice to give. It's even tougher advice to take, right? Um, size of a mortgage that Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac will back will drop from 625000 down to 417000 
some guidelines tied towards fraud are also going to kick in. That's going to make the mortgage even more difficult to get. There's some big hurdles for reverse mortgage users. You can sign up for the Big Retirement Boot Camp Thursday evening, 6.30 to 9 at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos. Sign up at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. We'll take a break here. Talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Big event coming up Thursday night. Sign up at robblack.com. We'll take a break. Be right back. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Let's bring in Dr. Jeff Rosen from Briefing.com to talk a little economist activity, economic activity, a little economist angle. How are you, Mr. Rosen? Good. How about yourself? I'm okay. I'm a little fatigued. I feel like I need a vacation from just the end of summer activities. (laughs) It's only just begun. I know. Um, So let's talk a little bit about, you know, uh, start of the month of September showed that the jobs numbers that last week weren't that good. Were you was there anything impressive in the jobs numbers that you saw? Yeah, I mean, you have to parse through the details. The, the headline numbers were pretty ugly, and you saw some downward revisions to uh, the previous couple months. But if you looked at aggregate income that come out of the employment report, so basically the change in hours worked plus the change in hourly earnings, we actually had a pretty good boost of, uh, of wage growth. You know, even though the headline number was kind of disappointing, and uh, you know what was nice about that was that in the, in the previous month in in July we had actually a fall in wages, and the only reason why consumption was able to maintain without consumers pulling out of their savings was because the stock market was doing so well. Now that we had a stock market that's pulling back quite a bit, the fact that wages are uh, increasing will give some some buffer to a potential loss in consumption that, that normally comes from the uh, the wealth effect in that. There's something called water cooler talk, where you get around the water cooler and you kind of like talk about business stories and you know popular events in life. Um, I work in a radio station, TV station, and a financial planning firm, um, New Focus Financial. If you go with the financial planners, you're like, hey, everything's great. Stock market's reflecting that. If you go with the radio station, there's a lot of downsizing. There's a lot of, you know, it doesn't feel very good. If you go with TV, uh, TV's just fake. There's not a lot of news and news. As an economist, what are you seeing out there? Because I'm having a tough time figuring out this economy, to be quite honest with you. I mean, it's a flat, low-growth environment. There, there's not very many winners. There's not very many losers. I mean, you're basically seeing, you know, small gains across the board. And that's one of the reasons why... You know, people like me have not been looking at the uh, like the drop in the labor force participation rate as a structural problem, but more of a cyclical problem. You know, we're we're not seeing you know one sector 
fall off the map and growth elsewhere. What we're seeing is just this ugly, slow growth occurring in just about every sector. And that says that there's just a, a simple lack of overall aggregate demand, and that's demand for consumable goods and for investment goods. And that's keeping the economy from growing at what we normally consider potential around 3%. What's interesting to note about you know the, the angles that you and I constantly see, um, we are kind of jaded because you just mentioned labor participation force. What's that mean to the average person out there? Well, the way the unemployment rate is calculated, it's not simply just all the people that are unemployed and what percent of the population. It's actually what percent of the population that's currently looking for or has a job that does not have a job. So if you're retired, you're not included in the labor force. Also, if you've been looking for a job, let's say, for, you know, a year or two, and you're just so frustrated that you can't find anything that you stop, you're not included in the labor force. So both those people, you know, even though one would probably take a job if they were able to, would not be counted as unemployed. So the labor force participation rate measures just how many people have left the labor force and stopped participating, and it's dropped to like a 35-year low. So people, you know, are naturally going, this unemployment rate, which is at 7.3%, looks good on paper, at least relative to where it used to be. But a lot of that is just due to the fact that people became so discouraged to finding a job that they stopped looking and they're not, you know, they're no longer counted. I guess I'm, I'm, am I making my point that the average American feels a little left out, whereas you and I, we kind of work in the financial media world, and these are just statistics to us, but like my board op in radio, you know, he lives at home because he can't find enough wages out there to move out, so he drives a ridiculous amount just to basically keep employed, even though he's really not that employed because he's not living his own life. I'm feeling odd today. Are you with me at all? No, you know, I mean, there was an interesting report put out yesterday in the New York Times showing, uh, you know, that the top 10% of uh, of all of the wealth, 50% of the wealth is now congregated in the top 10%, which is the most it's been since uh, the Roaring Twenties. So, you know, you're definitely having winners and losers in terms of wealth because you're seeing the stock market outperform wages which is you know naturally going to push the upper earners to earn more because they're more invested in the stock market so you know if you go to around you know typical middle america you know the 50 percentile they're not going to be feeling you know that we're seeing strong economic gains or any economic gains for that matter they're going to notice that their wages have been stagnant for a decade and that the employment prospects remain soft and, you know, potential wage growth remains minimal. And a lot of this stuff is that, you know, corporations would rather hoard cash and pay dividends, which boosts stock prices and keeps the stock market afloat, but it doesn't necessarily pass down to the average consumer. Okay. Anything that you're working on right now, because I'm desperately want to change the topic to things that interest you versus <laughs> things that intrigue me. I'm speaking with Dr. Jeff Rose and uh, Briefing.com, Chief Economist. Anything intriguing to you other than the Fed meeting coming up? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about the auto industry. You know, we, we okay. saw great numbers uh, in terms of sales from uh, for the August numbers in the beginning of January, uh, beginning of September, excuse me. And a lot of that was boosted because uh, of seasonal effects. You had an extra weekend plus the Labor Day uh, holiday included in those August numbers. But you're starting to hear increases in production, and I don't know if those gains that we're seeing are necessarily going to hold considering that uh, long-term rates have edged up and, and, and just interest rates in general are rising. So if demand flows because affordability conditions weaken, but manufacturers are producing as if we're going to have these you know, massive gains every month, we're going to left with a, another glut of supply of, of uh, motor vehicles, and that's going to lead to another pullback in manufacturing, at least a stall in manufacturing. And I'm really you know, afraid of that. Morgan Stanley came out with a note yesterday that I don't know if you're referring to or not, but Morgan Stanley said there's just too many car companies chasing too few consumers, and how long can that last? Uh, 2013, 16.7 million autos sold. By 2015, will we be at 18 million? But when does it top out? Because I drive my cars to death. Um, would that be a structural problem for the United States that we would have to deal with? Yeah, if, definitely. I mean, one, okay. of, one of the problems is that people are holding on to their car much longer than they used to. And a lot of that is, you know, because the quality of the car has gotten better. You know, if Ford and, and GM start making, you know, cars that break down again, you'll probably have to replace them much more often. But, you know, I, I don't see that happening. So, you know, you're, you're, the population growth rate is slow, and you're not going to get as many new drivers, so that's going to be halted. So your entire process then is either going into fleet or trying to, uh, you know, trying to push people into buying a new car, even though their, their car runs well right now. And yet companies like Ford have spent billions of dollars retooling so that they can add capacity um, so housing, is it starting to get tired? Because you're kind of saying, and I might put words in your mouth, but you're kind of saying autos are getting a little tired as far as demand. Yeah, I'm, I'm just as concerned about housing, but okay. the production side, which is what goes into GDP, hasn't accelerated to a point where we're going to see massive pullbacks, which would you know hurt the economy. So if we look at just the affordability conditions weakening, you, you, what you may see now is prices start to level off instead of on this upward move. And, and that, again, hurts the wealth effect and it hurts future consumption, but it won't hurt the economy nearly as much as I think that, you know, if auto manufacturers are producing too much and they actually have to stop production or, or, or slow down production. So sum this all up for us. Uh, give me a, a big picture. How are we doing economically speaking and where do we go from here? Well, I think a lot of it's going to be dependent upon uh, what the Fed does next week. I think that uh, if rates keep going up, we're going to be in, in trouble, and uh, I don't think we're going to go into a contraction. But I think that you know, one to two percent growth may be all we can get. Is that a ten-year trend? Is how long do we stay at one to two percent growth? Yeah, it's foreseeable futures, the way I've been putting it, because I, I just don't know. I mean, things can change, and we can go back to what we normally you know, expect as a normal recovery, but we haven't gotten out of the trap that we're in. You know, and a Japanese-type growth period 
you know, has already been, you know, started. So uh, it's just going to be very difficult to get out of the liquidity trap without just an influx of spending, uh, either on the fiscal side or some kind of motivating animal spirits on the on the private side. And without that, we're going to just be at this ugly, sluggish growth. Thanks very much. We will pick up where do we go from here next week. That's Dr. Jeff Rosen, chiefconnessbriefing.com. I'm intrigued. 1% to 2%. Tough to win in that environment. 2 to 4% GDP growth? Easy to win. 0%? No winners. We'll talk about that next Wednesday, 8.30, with Chief Economist from Briefing.com, Dr. Jeff Rosen. You're so quiet and small and you tell me you want to be taken I just never think of you as the kind of... AM 1220 KDOW traffic. We've got a jackknife big break in back. Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Apple's getting smoked today because their cheap phone's expensive. Analysts are downgrading the stock and just trying to figure out what was that all about? They want to crack into China, they want China Telecom, China Mobile. And their phone that's going to be the big seller, the cheap phone, is almost $700 there. I, rough day. Tesla's going to build a European car charging network. Uh, gasoline in the United States is cheap compared to Europe. Tesla makes a lot of sense in Europe. It's going to be harder to get a home as things are about to change on popular mortgages in the month of January. Federal Housing Financial Agency is planning to slash the maximum size that they're willing to underwrite. That hurts the Bay Area more so than it hurts Des Moines. You get in Des Moines, you can buy a mansion for $400,000. Literally, a mansion. In the Bay Area, you can't even get a condo for that. Hello Kitty Beer making a big splash in Asia. Fruit flavored just like peach and lemon lime and passion fruit and banana. It shows you again that product is what drives economies. Product CEOs, Tim Cook, Steve Jobs, CEOs drive businesses that drive product, that drive economies. We should have, you know, trading cards, baseball cards of CEOs, and yet we don't. One trading card that I would love is estate planning attorney, Michelle Lerman. Michelle Lerman, going to be at the event Thursday night in Los Gatos, Toll House Hotel. Uh, you are my go-to estate planning attorney. How are you, Miss Lerman? I'm good, exercised, and ready to start the day. <laughs> you do a little workout in the morning? Yep. yep. Good for you. Sanity. Fun. Do you do that little crazy bounce around? And... Uh-huh. I do. I'm a crazy bounce around. <laughs> you know, 80% of di- uh, 80% of losing weight is diet, 20% is exercise. So I'm kind of like, I just shift towards diet. I just starve myself. Totally the wrong thing to do. I should bounce around yeah, like you. Exercise uh, is good for your mind. Makes you feel good. Helps you sleep for sure. Helps you so, sleep. Helps a lot of things. You're an estate planning attorney. What does that mean? I help people plan so that their hard-earned assets go to their family and stays protected. 
that's really the bottom line, isn't it? It is. And um, a friend of mine said, you know, Rob, you need to stay in shape so you can live as long as possible so that your heirs will be able to enjoy you um, and your exercising so you can live as long as possible. Um, what if you live too long and you outlive your assets? You make a trust. You, you have this great idea that you're going to pass it on to your children, and then you kind of consume it all. Well, that's the, that's the best plan. Just just consume it all, and then you don't have to worry about it. A lot of people say that. Actually, estate planning is a lot about what happens during your lifetime. What if you're in an accident, or what if, God forbid, you get something and you're terminally ill and you can't manage your assets? And I see a lot of families fighting in court while their parents are alive over the control of their estate because the parents didn't properly um, put in documents who's going to be in charge. So it's not only about uh, it's not only about death. That's why estate planning brings such peace of mind during life. It's interesting that you brought up disability in estate planning because I don't think I've heard you talk about that in a bullet shot in a, in a focused way, what do we need to know about disabilities and how it affects estate planning? Well, one thing is you want to determine um, how is it, uh, how are, how is your family going to know that you're incapacitated? Is it one doctor? Is it two doctors? What's the standard? And you can actually be in charge of that decision. So I think that's number one. How is it determined if you are incapacitated? Some of uh, some people really trust their kids, and they really don't want their kids to have to go to a doctor. And say if there's three children, they might say, if my children certify under penalty of perjury that I'm incapacitated, then they should take over, believe it or not. Some people actually trust their uh, their children. <laughs> so that's it's step number one. That's kind of a odd concept for parents to th- you know, know. put in play of, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm in, if I'm I've all, I've always said this to a loved ones, you know, if I'm a financial burden, pull the plug on me. I don't right. want to lay I don't want to lay around in a coma. I don't want mm-hmm. you to come visit me. I want you to move on with your life. I want you to love again, uh, focus on the kids. Like I've always said that, but I've never written it down and made it legal. So pulling the plug on me is not going to be that easy, even though I want it to be that easy. Right. And I can, what you're talking about is actually so easy to, to do, and you actually don't even need an attorney to have a health care directive. You can go to, and if you um, eat, someone wants to email me, I'm happy to give them a source. The California Medical Association has a health care directive form. It's pretty inexpensive. I don't know exactly, but I want to say maybe $20, something like that. And you print out that form and you check the box. If I'm in an irreversible coma, I don't want extraordinary medical treatment. So that's okay, really let, important to do. Let's talk positive now because I feel like this is too, too dark. <laughs> Keep in mind I have a brother. Exercise? <laughs> we can go back to exercise. I have a brother who's a personal injury attorney who, you know, he, he always told me, if you ever run someone over, make sure you put it in reverse and kill him because a dead person's worth less than a disabled person. But... This is the macabre Oh, my goodness. I, I thought it. you said you want to go on a positive note. <laughs> I don't. You're saying on a positive note. <laughs> we have, yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's, law is all about standards, and they're all predetermined, but I won't go there. Um, right. Thursday evening, you're going to be at the Full House Hotel talking to state plan. We've got less than a minute. What are you going to be talking about? Changes that affect your plan now. 
So property values are up, asset values are up. There's some property tax rules that are about to change. It's going to be very current talking about um, the five things that you need to know because assets are going up in value, how to avoid the tens and thousands of dollars that can be wasted if you don't plan properly. Thank you very much. It will be a good one. taxes. Absolute fun. Michelle Lerman, you can find her at LermanLaw.com. It's LermanLaw.com. Big event Thursday night at Toll House Hotel. You can sign up for it at RobBlack.com. It's RobBlack.com. Rob Black and his guests. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.